You're listening to an EN4 News podcast. Discussions, debates, news briefs, explainers, and in-depth reporting. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Brendan Duggan, and thank you for listening to the second episode of our Roundtable podcast. Today, I'm joined by some of our best political journalists to go over everything you need to know in Scottish and UK politics. Today joining me is our reporters Amy Hollingsworth and Chloe Wright. How are you guys? Good, thanks. How are you? All good, Amy. I am delightful. It's been a great day so far. Yep, yep. We've had we've had some trouble with the internet uh, today, but um, so is so is life of lockdown. We're going to cover a lot of uh, points today. It's been a it's been a kind of wild uh, day in politics already. Um, but Chloe, you were covering uh, first minister's questions. Can you can you tell us what your kind of uh, main takeaways are? Yeah. So. Um, uh... Prime Minister's questions um, today. Uh, I think the biggest issue that was being pointed out to Boris Johnson was the 1% pay rise for NHS staff. Um, I think he seems to think that any sort of pay rise is good um, for NHS staff. And he was quite you know, adamant that they had done everything they could for NHS staff and would continue to do so. However, as Keir Starmer pointed out, um, with inflation going up by 1.7%, a 1% pay rise is not good enough really for NHS staff, especially going through this pandemic. Um, Boris Johnson was also heavily criticised um, about how Dominic Cumming was given a 40% pay rise. So in comparison to an NHS staff worker, uh, yeah, quite a big pay rise. Um, but Boris Johnson didn't really answer that que- the question on why he was given that. Um, he just continued to say that he supports NHS, that the government had done everything they can. Um, Keir Starmer actually said that Boris Johnson had shut the door on NHS staff and just giving them broken promises throughout this pandemic. But he says that he doesn't agree with that, um, that they're going to continue to financially help NHS staff workers. So he was pretty adamant that the government have done a good job so far of supporting NHS workers. And like I say, didn't really answer any questions on <laughs> Dominic Cummings and um, yearly earnings now. Um, so that was the main focus. There was a few questions about tourism in the UK. Um, Conservative MP Scott Benton, uh, Benton sorry, um, was asking about if Boris Johnson would encourage people to holiday within the UK. Um, and Boris Johnson said, yep, he would. Um, there was also a few questions about a bridge between Northern Ireland and the UK. Um, a lot of Northern Irish MPs were quite adamant that they were not happy about this and to go ahead with these plans to build this bridge would just be overruling the wishes of the people of Northern Ireland. But Boris Johnson just said he was amazed at the negativity showing about building a bridge because he thought it would be perfect. Um, and yes, mainly though about the pay rise, or that's what you want to call it, towards NHS staff. Um, however, 
There was a question um, by Kirsten Oswald from the SNP. Uh, she was asking about Erasmus. There was a few questions about this as well um, and saying that the replacement that was put in place for Erasmus, I can't actually remember the name of it now, um, but it's just not meeting the standards that Erasmus did for students in the country. Um, so Kirsten Oswald came forward and asked him if he would re-enter Erasmus instead, but Boris Johnson had some choice words um, about the SNP. He said that the SNP had failed economically, they'd failed on education, they'd failed on crime, and that they were failing Scottish students. So it was quite big words from Boris Johnson on the SNP. But yeah, those were the main takeaways, um, Erasmus being a big one and the nurses' pay rise. Well, between that and the vote of no confidence uh, pushed by the Conservative Party up here, it's it's a really, really aggressive time. Um, a lot of tensions going on between the Conservative Party and uh, the SNP. Um, I, I want to go for it on to on to bring us up to S Scottish uh, Parliament um, very soon. But first, I want to get your guys' uh, view on this because you know this one percent pay rise. Uh, to the nurses, you know, it's it's almost, um, it's 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 been seen, with, uh, it's been you know felt backlash um, uh, across the country. Um, there, it's it's almost like you know what's worse, no pay rise or a measly one percent, uh, as they say, and it's it's in contrast to to what Scottish government did up here, where they gave everyone five hundred uh, pounds. Um, but even that, in some ways, was also given backlash because uh, they were credit. You know, I remember watching uh, the BBC and they did. Uh, 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 they they surveyed the public. They they did their vox pops, and a lot of people who felt that you know there was a lot of people who, as although nurses and, and NHS staff did work incredibly hard throughout this pandemic and saved so many lives, and they're absolute heroes for it. They kept their jobs. You know, money wasn't. Um, you know, money wasn't the, the the worst issue for them. What happened, though, was a lot of other people lost their jobs. And um, so 500 quid uh, for every NHS staff felt a kick in the in the stomach for them. So it's almost like, you know, you can't, you know, you win or you, you, you win or lose no matter what you do. Um, and there's, you know, the stark contrast of approaches. Um, so what is what is your guys thoughts on on, on this? Interestingly, I actually have kind of almost an inside opinion with this. I am a key worker. I, through the begging of my manager, several emails and letters to the Scottish government, it has been confirmed that I will be receiving a payment of some degree. Originally, I wasn't, though. I work in pharmacy, um, which wasn't... It isn't an NH well, it is an NHS adjacent service, but it's not directly NHS. We weren't originally included in the 500 pounds. Neither were teachers, bin men, store workers, lots of other people. So there was another issue as well, as well as the ones that you mentioned, Brendan. Of um, it was the NHS that, rightly so, rightly so, getting the praise and the recognition that they deserve. But what about everybody else? That still went to work, that still had to do their jobs to keep the country going through the pandemic, they were being overlooked entirely. And it's only through the tireless dedication of managers, campaigners, union groups, that people are getting recognized for the work that they have done. 
back to the nurses thing, um, I have a lot of friends, a lot of my co-workers have gone into the NHS. The average pay rise for them, this is going to be the equivalent of about 11p an hour. I'm normally someone that is pretty welcoming of the Conservatives' financial policy. This is a slap in the face. I yeah. can't, I can't, I can't d- defend it in the slightest. It's terrible. Does it make it even, what were the exact, I mean, you guys might know this, what were the exact promises, weren't there promises made to NHS staff about pay rise even before the pandemic? I believe there were, I believe there were, yes. Um, there are different figures bandied about between different parties. Uh, I remember there being a 10% being mentioned at one point. I remember when, um, I believe it was Morrison's, don't quote me, but I believe it was Morrison's in terms of supermarkets that were giving their staff massive bonuses and making their wages to 10 pounds an hour for standard workers which is more than what i get when i could literally kill somebody if i do my job wrong um so there were various figures that were banded about but definitely was at least between five and ten percent there was also it was also brought up in parliament today as well that um george darmer again said that you know boris johnson's going on about how they will continue to employ more nurses put more people on the frontline to help battle the pandemic. But um, Keir Starmer made a good point of saying, well, if you aren't going to give the NHS a pay rise that they deserve, then people aren't going to take those jobs. I think it was about 40,000 nurses' jobs there still are vacant in this country that could be taken up. But he made the point that no one's going to apply for them if it's not worth it. You're literally, these people are putting their lives at risk every day for... 11 pence extra an hour like Amy said like it just doesn't really seem justifiable and I think this Dominic Cummings getting this 40% pay rise that's where the biggest issue is because I'm sure people from the NHS are grateful for a pay rise even though I totally understand it's not enough but when you see it in comparison to what Dominic Cummings is getting that's where the issue lies it's like the government has got its priorities wrong with this budget Yeah, the issue will also be whether MPs get a pay rise. Mm -hmm. Because if they get a pay rise, all dear Lord expects some revolts. At the end of the day, yeah, I've got got so many friends that are nurses, that are pharmacy support workers, healthcare workers, all sorts within the NHS. And the majority of them from the next financial year will be getting paid less than people that work in a supermarket. Not that I'm saying that people working in a supermarket don't deserve the wage that they get, but these people are highly trained. Like myself, had to study for a year to attain the qualifications that they need to get, pass multiple tests, go through rigorous background checks to get the job that they have, to be in the job that they have, and they're getting paid less than somebody that puts beans on a shelf. I'm not saying that the people that put beans on the shelf should get paid less. I'm but saying they are that also, they pay are rise. also frontline workers. Absolutely. And they deserve the wage that they are getting 100%. And I commend these supermarkets that have increased the wages of these workers that were giving people thousand pound bonuses for their hard work and dedication over the pandemic. I commend these places that have done that. Why is the government not doing it the same for the people that have literally put their lives on the line for this country? Yeah. And these, these other frontline jobs, you know, working in supermarkets, things like that, these are all privately owned companies, the money that goes towards these people, the extra money is coming from a private body because they're making more money during this pandemic. Um, what I saw that Amazon made has made twice this year 
during the pandemic than it normally would. And I actually went briefly to work at Amazon and they had um, an extra, I think it was an extra three pound an hour um, during May last year um, for people working during the pandemic. So this is coming from private companies. This money from the government, there's people all over this country struggling with wages that haven't worked for the, I haven't worked for the last year. I work in the soft play industry. I haven't worked for the last year. I'm still paying taxes and I would rather see my taxes going towards NHS staff than in an MP's pocket. And I think Amy's right. I think if MPs do get a pay rise, it will be such a slap in the face, a huge one, especially because it's MPs' decisions and government's decisions that have led us to still be in this situation a year later. Absolutely. So the, the question is, do they deserve one? Personally, I don't think so. No, I think there was a, a poll that was done potentially by YouGov um, probably about six months ago um, when they were talking about the financial implications, the economic impact of COVID. And it was something like nearly 90% of people polled would say, I will, I will pay 5% more in taxes. I will pay 10% more in taxes. I don't care what I need to pay. Make sure the NHS, the key workers, the people that are employed in the public sector get paid appropriately. And I'm definitely in that boat. I'm NHS adjacent. I'm not, I, I work for a privately funded company. Yes, but it does provide NHS services. But I would rather pay, frankly, double the tax that I pay to make sure that the people that I know that are literally risking their lives every single day, pandemic aside, they risk their lives every single day. But our politicians- I would rather make sure they get paid. Our politicians, the, the, the argument is, you know, aren't politicians people as well? And, 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 and don't they also deserve, um, you know, some kind of kind of uh, support through all this. Yeah, one percent of eighty grand is a lot different to one percent of eighteen. All right, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's there's won't be one percent. It mm. won't be because it never has been at any point. If you look at any budget, probably the last twenty years, their pay rises go with inflation. So it'll probably be about three percent. So going going back um, now up to up to. Scottish Parliament, Chloe um, or Amy, can you kind of run us through what, what was going on today? So there was a COVID briefing uh, this morning, or I say this morning, kind of this afternoon. Um, Nicola Surgeon was being questioned by some members of um, opposition parties. There was a lot of chat about Nicola's hair, seemed to be quite an important thing today. Um, regarding has she got a lockdown hairdresser, because we really have our priorities straight at this point. Um, talking about the number of people that have registered um, positive for COVID deaths, things like that. There was a lot of chat about um, schools going back and how particularly for S1 to S3, it's almost counterproductive to be sending them back into the classroom. Um, there was also talk about um, Scotland's elimination strategy for COVID um, and that it was very, very likely, highly likely, I believe was the direct quote from Dr. Smith, that um, COVID vaccination on a regular basis will become norm in the future. Great. And, and of course, the vote of no confidence, I don't think it's happened yet at the time of recording this podcast. Um, but Amy, can you give us kind of the background behind that? Obviously, there's um, a vote of no confidence that has been kind of put forward in John Swinney. Um, Scottish Greens have announced that they will not support it, as was to be expected, given that they are the party that is not necessarily propping up the SNP, but 
propping up the SNP. Um, Scottish um, Conservatives obviously tabled the motion a couple of weeks ago due to Swinney's um, information that was released in judicial reviews, things like that, him talking about the lack of meeting notes for key meetings that Nicola Sturgeon was at regarding the Alex Salmon case. There's been a few things that have come out about John Swinney recently that the Conservatives haven't had a massive um, kind of liking for is basically the gist. And the vote is scheduled to go ahead this afternoon, basically. And and it, it's funny because um, I heard this the other day, you know, um, until about maybe last year, you, you you didn't actually know what a vote and conf- no, vote no confidence was. And then it seems that we've had about like four over the cross this pandemic. Um, yeah. You know, on, on, on both sides, um, especially, you know, when last time we had it with the, the, the schools and the ex- exam, exams fiascos. So, um, I mean, do you guys think that we, we need to stop these vote, votes of no confidence, especially so close to an election? I personally, I think it's it's good to have people say, obviously, every decision you make in a democratic country, you want to be going with what the people think. However, it can also get dangerous because especially right now, there is so much uncertainty in what is happening to Scotland specifically um, in this country. It's just with Brexit, with IndyRef2, with the Alex Salmon inquiry, with a pandemic, with an election coming up, like people are changing their minds all the time. So if we're going to have these votes of confidence, you need to have them every week almost to keep up with people's decisions because I know myself, I change my decision every week about what I think because it's just always changing. There's always new information coming out about everything that's going on right now. So it can be a really difficult line to draw because you want to have, you want to know what people think and it's good that to do things like that. But at the same time, it's the accuracy of it almost because you need to be doing them every week. Every every briefing that Nicola Sturgeon did, you would need to have one after every single one she did to make sure people hadn't changed their minds. So it's a it's a tricky one. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the first that I became aware of no confidence votes was obviously in Westminster with Theresa May in December 2018. First, I'd ever heard that term. First, I had any idea what was going on with it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain that any no confidence vote that has gone through, that has been um, put forward so far, they've all failed. Yeah, I don't think we've had a successful vote of no confidence. No. So I think echoing kind of Chloe's point, I think... At the moment, I get why these votes are happening. I understand kind of what the point of them is. But surely right now, with everything that's going on in the world, surely there are slightly better things that we could be focusing on, focusing MPs' time on rather than voting for somebody who, or voting for no confidence in somebody who, while is an important member of the SNP, it's not going to rock the boat if he's not there. Well, at least not as much as it was Nicola Search. And and do you think do you guys think this rising tension between the Scottish SNP and and the the larger Conservative Party, including you know we mentioned um, Boris Johnson, of course he's he's made it very clear over the last year about you know his views towards Scotland being more independent um, within the the union. Um, do you think this this will you know is this going to um, 
explode at some point this this tension or or not in a sense 100%. not in a sense 100% of, of thankfully any violence but i think in in you know as we're coming up to to a possible indie ref too absolutely 100% um Echoing a point that obviously we had made um, a few weeks ago, um, this country is becoming increasingly politicised, increasingly polarised. There is almost no middle ground anymore. It is left or right. That it, and there's there's nothing in the middle. Um, at least that's the way it appears to be being put out. Um, sometimes in the media, um, wider influences, social media as well. It's inevitable in a hundred percent inevitable that if you have a divide that wide and it seems kind of like chloe was saying earlier to be getting wider every day that inevitably something's got to give at some point something's got to go what it will be could not tell you honestly couldn't tell you but you've got obviously take the the scotland england kind of border divide kind of thing you've got staunchly smp which is like very le- well yes left north of the border you go further south it's conservative it's right wing so far i mean we'll go i mean that obviously could change in the next election the last election obviously as we mentioned last time was purely decided by brexit this could go anyway in may no idea what's happening and i wouldn't be surprised to see similar scenes as we saw the other day with the rangers results but due to politics rather than it being football shirts I think as well, it's in, I agree with you, Amy, but then it, the divide is so wide. It is also an exact divide in Scotland. Like From what I've seen, you know, when it comes to an Indy Ref 2, for example, it is just percentages away either side. Mm-hmm. So both sides know that they have almost half the country on their side. Like There's no absolute leader in this country for the first time, I think, for a long time, I've always looked at Scottish politics and thought, well, the SNP, they're in the running, you know, they're probably going to win the next election in Scotland. Now, everything I see is literally split smack bang down the middle almost with a percentage here, a percentage there on either side, which gives each side a massive voice just because you're in the minority, you know, it. It's not, it's barely a minority or a majority. So the tension is huge because no one knows which way it's going to go. People just get louder and more vocal about their views. And I I think, yeah, I think what Amy said is totally right. Just something's got to give here because it's just, I I really don't know. But I can see something massive kicking off, like, because it's just, yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with like, obviously, in the previous election, Labour were basically decimated. Lib Dems haven't really been anywhere for quite a while. Very, I think, single digit number of seats um, doesn't really appear to be any middle ground moving to this election. And similarly to the previous um, general election in the UK, how that was purely decided by Brexit as you could see with any sort of voting map poll or anything of the like, this election, purely this election, it's not even Indy Ref. Indy Ref hasn't got anything to do with it at this point because that's happening regardless. It doesn't matter who ends up in power, frankly. That's happening regardless. It might not be this year, might not be in four years, but it will happen. This election will be decided by the outcome of the Alex Salmon thing. Absolutely, 100%. Quickly add as well, because I know we're running short of time, but I've spoken to a lot of students who have voted SNP, supported SNP, and this year they're voting green because 
they feel like there's no one else they can vote for. And I think, quite frankly, students, I mean, we're doing this from a university website. I think a lot of students feel totally just, you know, like they've had no help from the government. Oh, yeah, I we've been left high and dry, 100%. Yeah, Nicola Sturgeon's done a terrible job when it comes to students. And I feel like students think there's no one else to turn to, so it's vote green, you know. They support independence. They want the same values as SNP, but Nicola Sturgeon isn't running the party. And that's the thing people are looking for. There was a very interesting statistic that I read from a poll. I can't remember where it was or the poll happened, but basically it was saying, out with the Alex Salmon thing, how will you vote? And it was majority SNP, as you would expect. If, if she is found to have misled Parliament, then how will you vote? SNP dropped by 15%. There are a lot of people that vote for Nicola Sturgeon because they like her, they respect her, they think she's a good leader. Regardless of your opinions on that and what, you're, what you personally think, if she is found to have um, misled Parliament, uh, as if John Swinney loses this um, no confidence vote, if so many, so many things happen, this could change the face of the SNP as we know it for years to come. It well, won't be the party that you can vote for anymore. Well, thank you, both of you. Um, we're going to have to end there because uh, we've got less than a minute and my internet cut out. At some point. <laughs> it just cut it just before it fully cuts out. Um, Amy, uh, Chloe, thank you for joining me uh, yet again um, to speak about uh, UK politics. Um, thank you again. Thanks thank for having us. Thank you for listening to another episode of this EN4 News Roundtable. For more politics, go to en4news.com. And please check out our other podcasts like the weekly EN4 News Sports Podcast and our morning and afternoon news briefings.